0: be seated. I don't know what your perception is, but mine is that it's not really socially acceptable anymore to believe in the resurrection. People don't just come back from the dead. There's no reason to believe that. There's no evidence nothing that we can show, and so it's a fairy tale, it's a myth, ancient, it's pre-enlightenment, and we need to leave it behind as we move into a rational, enlightened future. But let's be precise about this claim that we have on Easter Sunday. It's not that the impossible happened, because of course we believe in God, who created the universe, and nothing is impossible, so that's not our claim. Our claim is that what happened is merely improbable, in a nod to Douglas Adams and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. (laughs) Highly improbable, (laughs) but improbable, not impossible. God can do anything. Did God do that once? And remember, if we're talking science, it's based on repeatability. You have to have a controlled experiment, a controlled situation where you can get a a consistent result and repeat that result. That's the basis of scientific knowledge, and if we can get something in a consistent basis, we say, we know this. But how do you apply that logic to a once-ever event? It's not repeatable by definition. It happened once. So it's improbable. There's no way to, to determine scientifically whether or not it happened. And so you just have to choose whether or not you live in a world where a resurrection might have happened or not. I'll tell you what's socially acceptable to believe in, however, progress. Technological progress will redeem the human condition. Remember when automation was going to usher in an era of leisure for everyone. We were all going to loaf around while the robots did our housework and all the menial labor and we wouldn't have any more work to do. Remember, automation was going to save us. Remember when the internet was going to save us, was going to save democracy. It was going to democratize political conversation. Everybody now can talk to everyone else. We're going to hand out megaphones for everyone. And that's going to be better. Politics will be saved. It will be a new era of democratic utopia. And so we were optimists. and, And it's socially acceptable, even laudable, to be an optimist, to say, you know, human beings have ingenuity and creativity, and we will come up to solutions to our problems. And so we talk about climate change, existential threat to human civilization. And so we say, the optimists say, well, humans are clever. We'll come up with technological solutions to solve the problem of climate change. And so we remain optimists, and that is socially acceptable. Now, the problem with optimism is that it's still based on evidence. And so when you start to look at the way the world is, and you cease to see the evidence for progress, when you say, we've made technological advances, but for every problem we've solved, we seem to have created at least one more that almost seems worse than the last one. So when you look at the evidence and you conclude that it is unlikely that humanity is going to get any better, you shift. Your optimism dissipates. You become a pessimist and a curmudgeon. And you say, Pfft, doesn't matter. Nothing matters anyway. It's, it's all going to hell in a handbasket. I'm just going to learn how to garden and hope that after the Holocaust I can just take care of my little plot and I'll survive. Pessimism. Optimism dies and when, when the, when the future looks, when a good future looks improbable. When it ceases to be probable that a good future waits for us, then we cease to be optimists and we become pessimists because the belief in progress is that it's inevitable. That progress is this inexorable force driving us into the future which will be great. And when you cease to see the evidence for it, it's easy to just give up and say, well, I guess not. So really, we have two myths that are somewhat in tension with each other. They needn't be, but they're made out to be. That on the one hand, you have the myth of progress. On the other hand, you have the myth of resurrection. We have no way to determine. It's too big, it's too complicated. We can't conclude anything conclusively. So in the end, there's an existential choice. We just have to decide what kind of universe we live in. Do we live in a universe governed by physics and laws where there is no God or in which God may exist but certainly doesn't intervene and doesn't care? So we've wound up the universe and watched it go. And the only thing that governs everything is laws. Physics, math, you name it. That's one universe where... You can be an optimist or a pessimist, depending on how you see the facts. Or, you can live in a universe where God can do the improbable. So the belief that Jesus was raised from the dead becomes a symbol of the way that God habitually relates to the creation. That it's not just about a one-time event, although the resurrection is a one-time event, it's about, it's it's a sign of what we think God is and how God works. That in the software of the universe, God can flip a bit from time to time and make something wildly improbable come to pass. So that we thought Jesus was dead and in the tomb, and he's not, and we don't know what happened. And there are conflicting reports from the early disciples, so we don't know what happened, but they all agree there was an empty tomb, and they all agree that some people saw him after he was supposed to be dead. Wildly improbable. But it's possible in a universe where God exists and where God cares, where God engages and intervenes. And that makes all the difference in terms of how we live in the present day with our present day griefs and sorrows and challenges and fears. Because if we live in a universe that is only has only room for optimists and pessimists, then that's one kind of universe where as soon as it becomes improbable, it becomes unsustainable to believe in a good future, that good things can come. When the evidence doesn't show it, then I guess that's not gonna happen. But on the other hand, the the universe in which there is a resurrection, you have a God who is intimately engaged with creation, who brings good improbably out of what seemed to be hopeless situations. We thought Jesus was dead, and yet he is alive. We thought that I was sick and I was going to die, but we prayed, and I got better. We thought that we were never going to speak to each other again, and then we did, and we patched it up, and now we're better a better relationship we've have a better relationship than we ever have these are all improbable outcomes when you look at the facts of painful and difficult circumstances just this weekend israel and palestine blew up again is there any hope for peace in the middle east rationally highly improbable but what universe do we live in if we live in the universe of the resurrection then there is still hope for peace in Israel and Palestine. Oh, and I missed, technology was supposed to, Twitter was supposed to save us, democratize us. (laughs) Arab Spring, oh, it's gonna be great. The Arab Spring in Syria was gonna topple the tyrant. Remember that? And it gave us the catastrophe in Iraq and Syria, ISIS, just bombed back to the stone age. That's where we are now. Twitter kind of did that a little bit. And so is there any hope for Syria, for Iraq, the place where Omar came from, that he's fleeing right now? Well, what universe do you live in? Do you live in a universe with no resurrection, where everything has to be scientifically provable and justified by evidence? Or do you live in a universe where the improbable is possible and where God does the improbable? Not always, but from time to time. I know which universe I live in. Now it doesn't my choice doesn't change whether God exists or God does stuff. God is going to exist or do stuff whether I believe it or not. What changes is me. It means that I can go through life with hope. Whereas the other option, there's no room for hope. There's only evidence. There's only probable belief. Justified views, unjustified views. In the universe in which I live, where God exists, where God cares, where God brings life out of death, there is hope in any situation. Any situation. So I can list a couple of situations in my own life and the life of my family where it doesn't look very hopeful. And yet on this day, I'm reminded that I can still have hope even for those situations. I can look at the state of politics in the contemporary period, and it doesn't look hopeful on a lot of fronts, and yet on this day we are reminded that hope need not die, because God can yet intervene and bring good out of evil. So the difference for me for Easter morning is when I really allow that message of the Easter resurrection to penetrate my heart It cracks it open a little bit because hope makes me vulnerable. means I could be disappointed. If I'm cynical, I won't ever get disappointed because I think the worst is going to happen anyway. I knew it. I'm not hurt. I was expecting that. (laughs) But Easter cracks open the heart a little bit and says it's okay to hope. It's okay to stay vulnerable. It's okay to stay engaged. And in fact, it says that God is cracked open at the heart is still vulnerable, is still engaged, and is willing to hurt for us precisely in order to bring about the improbable. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.